Welcome into another edition of the Tailgate Podcast. I'm Aaron, joined by Ty and Duncan. We just got finished with our, well, we're getting finished with our first full week of NFL action. Mm-hmm. Uh, give you an update on the uh, standings from our first week of picking games. Uh, I came in at 3-1, and one. Ty is 4-0, and oh, and Duncan is 2-2. Two and two. Uh, We still have the two Monday night games to go. Uh, Ty has clinched no worse than first place. Um, And in the last two games, we all have the Steelers. Duncan has the Titans, and Ty and I have the Broncos. So uh, talking about a few of the games uh, from this past week, we'll start with the Chiefs game. Uh, Chiefs came out and looked great, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Best rushing performance by running back in the Mahomes era. Mm-hmm. Our rookie uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, the I, Texans. I love the yeah. I, I say I love the energy right yeah. from the start. Um, so I was a big proponent. Um, we were talking amongst ourselves uh, beforehand, and it definitely was. There were some teams that I did see this happening, but one of the things that I said on the thing was I'm taking a lot of the unders because I see teams that are pass happy or really yeah. pass heavy. Like sure. I feel like their timing routes are going to be mm-hmm. you know bad unless there's a consistency carryover from right. the year before. And since the Chiefs have so many stars that carried over from the year before, I do think that really did help them mm-hmm. into it because they really are the team that played the late, the, the longest last year. Uh, but from there, it's like we did see a lot of teams come out swinging in uh, that game specifically. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs were, were crisp, clean yeah. as you could be at this point in time, and Texans were just still yet to be desired. Yeah, they, they seemed to look exactly like a team that lost uh, the best wide receiver in the league would look. Mm-hmm. Um, DeAndre Hopkins obviously meant a lot to that team, and uh, Sean Watson couldn't get anything going. Yeah, uh, too many guys that do the same thing, in my opinion. Mm, I would say Will Fuller, uh, I think, had the most like catches and stuff like that, and probably most yardage. He had a couple drops too. Yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't he, for a guy who's supposed to be a number one receiver. He definitely didn't look yeah, the part. He looks right. like a number two. Yeah, Cooks was out for the game, so mm. that was definitely a big blow for them. To what you were saying, yeah, he just he looked excellent. I mean, it reminded me very much of the debut that Cream uh, Hunt had three years ago against New England, just mm. this rookie who just drops on the scene and immediately looks like a star. Right. And for 138 yards. 138 yards. He had the touchdown. touchdown and uh, the touchdown was impressive in, at that, you know, mm-hmm. with almost a 30-yard touchdown run yeah. where he showed a lot of escapability. And no that's something I've talked with a lot of people. And was that the one with the jump cut? Like no, that, no, uh, that, was, that, was, that was a, uh, that one that was was a different play. one. I don't think yeah. that was the jump cut. Yeah. Um, but there, was, there was one where he was in the middle of the open field and he did what he did, mm-hmm. what he's done before, where he just made like one little quick just – Hip shake, jump cut, gone, and it well, was like and, and broke for a little while. And I'm glad you bring that up because the a lot of people have, have asked me the comparison that I would say, and a lot of people will. In the past, I've said like a Brian Westbrook or a Darren Sproles, but after watching his debut, the the person that comes to mind is actually Priest Holmes, and because Holmes had such a great skill of just being able to, I'm not going to say necessarily avoid contact, but avoid like hard contact yeah. and just had a certain elusiveness and escapability. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, I see that in Edward Solaire. And the scary part is he didn't have a single catch in this. Right. And you're talking about a guy that's who huge that's game. what he was, he was coming into <laughs> yeah. the chiefs to do. And that should scare the hell out of anybody else on the rest right. of the Chiefs schedule. No doubt. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's great to see a team that coming off of such an emotional high and especially sometimes on those uh, opening games with the Super Bowl champion, you see him come out a little bit flat. It was great for the chiefs to come out and, look the part right away on uh, when they spent all offseason saying they're going to run it back. So, yeah. 
Right. 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 And even even then, uh, it showed that he's not going to have to do a whole lot to win with this team. So I think I read that he had only – he didn't have a single pass that went past 11 yards. Hmm. He never threw it deep in the entire game. Yeah. That should scare the league because yeah. he yeah. still had, what, three touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, 200 and – and one of his biggest, one of, yeah. One, yeah, yeah, one of the biggest things, like the positives that you talk about Mahomes mm. over and over and over again, is the fact that when he lets that deep ball fly, he has right. the best accuracy and has like one of the best deep balls, if not second the best. best. Last year. Yeah, second best last year. Sorry, second best. Yeah, because he should have had four touchdowns because right. yeah. Chiefs opening possession, Marcus Robinson dropped that ball as he got the right. ground. Like right. that should have been that should have been the opening south right there. Oh, absolutely. And then yeah. it, like his deep ball is such a big threat. So the fact that he didn't even have to pull it out, it's just like right. that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, some other games that we uh, also picked last week, uh, we had the Bucks versus Saints as one of the games we picked. Uh, Bucks, actually, we a few of us picked that the Bucks would lose the opening game. I thought that uh, it would probably look a little shaky for the first couple weeks mm-hmm. for yeah. uh, Brady and Gronk. Just them and getting Gronk, used to each other. Yeah, Gronk didn't Gronk really did not look good. Didn't really do anything. He wasn't involved. He had the two catches for 11 yards, and I, I, that first catch he had when he was trying, it was a backfield catch, or like a screen pass, and he did not look like he has the same mobility that he yeah. used to. Like, he yeah. looked terrible. An underrated storyline with that receiving core that's so touted for the Bucks, though, uh, is Mike Evans stopping on routes, something mm-hmm. that hasn't been covered the last few years, and it was a big reason why Jameis Winston had a lot of interceptions was Mike Evans just gives up on routes. Right. And it happened a few times in that game, and one of the that interceptions – was because of Mike Evans and stopping on his route. And, and right. today, Bruce Arians actually came out and said he blames Tom Brady for both, both the interceptions were Tom Brady's fault. And, right. and that was clear that that was on Mike Evans. And right. That was a miscommunication. Yes. And Evans, yeah, just gave up on the route. And mm-hmm. you could see the frustration on Brady's face, right. which is nothing out of the ordinary. That yep. guy shows he has terrible body language. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that was clearly not on Brady. Right. The Saints looked good. Uh, Mike Evans, or Mike Evans, Mike Tom- <laughs> Tom- Michael Thomas did not look very good. No, uh, only had 13 yards, I believe, in in the game. Uh, but it was uh, released today that he came out with a high ankle sprain, right. and they, he was just trying to play <clears> through <throat> it. Um, high ankle sprains are definitely something that when people don't necessarily know how, like, what to like gauge when you're doing all that thing, mm-hmm. when you're doing something like that. High ankle sprains are pretty; they can hinder you very much. Like, Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara both had high ankle sprains last year, and it took them about six to eight weeks to actually get back. Pat Mahomes, man. He had the high ankle sprain. Um, And even then, like, receivers, like, running backs, it's really important for them to be ankle healthy, but also, Mm -hmm. like, still with receivers for cutting on the routes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not a position I'd want someone to be playing through a high ankle sprain at all. Right, and so we'll see if he gets shut down for at least a couple weeks. But He said no today. Yeah, so knowing Michael Thomas, he wants to play through it, and that could really change how this is because he could be a great wide receiver, but you could be not looking at – what you got from Michael Thomas until week eight, week nine, week yeah. ten, which w- could be a negative right. for well, the team. Because, frankly, like, the, yeah, the Saints, I think overall they look pretty good, but I wasn't impressed with Drew Brees. I think Brees kind of, he, I think he started to show his age just a little bit. And he, it was, you know, Kamara, Kamara had a good game, and so a right. lot of that was mass, but I don't, they, I don't, they didn't defense win that played well. Defense two, played two exceptionally well. So. Uh, Jared Cook had a good game. I mean, I, I think Cook and, and Kamara definitely right. made Breeze look a lot better. But there there was some – Still not willing to change my pick of the Bucks winning the division off that one game. I'm not either. I, I'm not like either. Like I said, I, I had the, the Saints winning that game anyways. I, I believe that. I did so, too, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I'm honestly, at times Brady did look like Brady. Yeah. At times he didn't. Yep. 
Yeah, you, you look at there's going to be some acclimation. Yeah, after, after that interception, the immediate drive right. after that, Brady looks like vintage Brady. Downfield in three plays, yeah. I want to say. So, He's the I mean, only quarterback or the last quarterback since 2013 to throw back-to-back-to-back pick sixes. Huh. And it's yep. with uh, Blaine Gabbert and Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub, <laughs> who also, actually, Matt Schaub has done that twice in his yeah. career. He also yeah. had a four straight games also with a pick six. of note. Brady, this is his fourth time losing his opener in his career. Yeah. The other three times he went on to the Super Bowl. So, not that that means anything with the new team, but if you believe in history. That's, that's it. Keep, something anyway, interesting. Yeah, that's for sure. It is something interesting. Uh, the uh, 49ers versus the Cardinals. Cardinals, uh, basically, 49ers had a very similar game to their opener last year. Mm. Looked like crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only problem is they weren't playing Jameis Winston. Mm. Uh, yeah. Jameis, I believe, threw three interceptions last year in the opener against them. And this year, Kyler Murray took care of the ball, moved, the, moved his team downfield. Uh, 49ers, honestly, Garoppolo looked very off. But like I said, he looked off last year at the beginning of the year. Yeah. It took him I, weeks to get going last year. I really year. like the start of Kyler Murray coming out mm-hmm. right out of the gate this year. Uh, he should have had a second touchdown uh, that was that – I. It was DeAndre Hopkins, and he was the only one there, and he, his knee came down like right before the goal line. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that should have been another touchdown. I know that Kenyon Drake ran in, but that was that drive was all DeAndre all Hopkins nukes, and Kyler Murray just back right. and forth. And uh, it was really great just to see DeAndre Hopkins play for a different team and mm-hmm. show that you might not have the direct connection that you used to have with your old quarterback going into a new team, but in the same fact, talent always rises to the top and right. that guy knows how to separate from receivers and get open and knows how to make plays and that's mm-hmm. exactly what he did right yeah and that I, receiving core and i think Kyler Murray say, even, even fitzgerald will have Fitz. you know Fitz, yeah. he had some big catches reliable now. yeah and yeah the cardinals didn't look great in that first half they struggled a little bit but mm-hmm. and the, yeah they just they clicked in the second half man they look they look pretty scary yeah, and coming, coming out week one and beating the conference champion is huge for that young yeah. team well and you you mentioned that you know that Garoppolo started rough last year too, mm-hmm. but he was coming into this year. They expected him. He's now two years removed from the from the knee, the knee injury, right. and a lot of people thought that this okay, here we go. He's going to make a uh, run at MVP. That was what they were hoping for in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and he looked. I, I, in my opinion, he looked just absolutely terrible yesterday. I mean, yeah, he had some absolutely. some some moments, but not a not a star quarterback, not an right. MVP level quarterback. No. I mean, I, I mentioned you before before we started. Yeah, one of the sacks he took, he spun in the pocket like three times, and I I, I don't understand what what you're doing there. And right. so I know their offensive line is taking a little bit of a hit without Joe Staley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have Trent Williams, no, but Trent Williams was the highest graded player in huh? the NFL last week. So yeah. the drop off is not there. Yeah. At that, that it I'm, was all I'm drop just off. I'm just wondering if it's continuity, but it, I mean, but, it been no, it is, but it, it is, was, was, it, was, it, was, it is Williams. It is it's but that yeah, it is He's a great player, but he. He was, like I said, the highest graded player according to Pro Football, Pro Football Focus so far this week. Okay, so well, and that, yeah, and that's it's definitely on Garoppolo. And yeah. So and that that would I would not give me a lot of confidence as a 49ers. No. Fan. Yeah, I think they're like we said, the Super Bowl hangover is probably going to be real this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Uh, bringing us to our last game, a team that I think we're all a little bit too down on, uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Yep. Came out and beat the Cowboys, opening their home stadium. Very competitive game. A lot of a lot of ticky-tacky calls going against both teams mm. or mm. Uh, non-calls going for both teams. Can't really say that either team, like, 
was dominant, was dominant or anything. Yeah, both teams came out, looked good at times, looked shaky at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a Cowboys fan, I would have liked the Cowboys to come out and win that game. Uh, but there, and there was that controversial call at the end. Yeah, but uh, but we could discuss that. First. Right. The, but I mean, on the to that point on the Chidobe Uzie interception, there was contact to the face mask. Like there was yeah. a lot of calls that should have been called or shouldn't have been called. Uh, like I said, it's. I think we were a little bit too down on the Rams. McVay coached his ass off in that game. He, yeah. The Rams looked really good. They took advantage of some definite weaknesses in the Cowboys, uh, taking advantage of play action, getting linebackers out of position. Uh, linebackers looked slow, and then they lost Van Der Esch for at least probably half the season. That's the broken clavicle. Yeah. Uh, I was just – honestly, I'm just happy it wasn't his neck. Yes. Uh, when they were testing his neck, that scared me because he has neck issues going back to college. Um, but um, on top of that, we have lost Connor or uh, Connor uh, Blake Jarwin to a torn ACL for the year. Uh, so it's going to be on former Chief Blake Bell and uh, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz, a second-year player, to uh, fill in at tight end. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of three wide receiver sets on the Cowboys yeah, the rest of the year. I, and yeah, honestly, I don't think that's special. hindrance to them at all. No. Uh, when it comes down to it, uh, the CD, three receivers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. CD Lamb yeah. showed out last night for a rookie and had some really crisp routes and mm-hmm. did some really great things. And that controversial call that you know can go one way or the other. Right. Um, he was being shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, who's supposed to be the that best. was yeah. that was Gallup. That was Gallup. With the long ball. With the long ball. Yeah, that was Gallup oh, that, that was Gallup. caught that. I, yeah. I, I thought that yeah. was for some no. reason. The, the Lamb one was uh, when they were when they went for it on fourth and three. Oh, right, right, right. He right. did a crossing route, and actually he ran the route the right way. Dalton Schultz, or Dal- yeah, Dalton Schultz ran too narrow of a route, causing mm. him to have to run a yard in front of uh, the first down marker, and mm. it's the main reason why we didn't get the fourth down. Um, but yes, I was very impressed with him. He had some great catches, productive. Uh, honestly, Ezekiel Elliott looked like the best I've seen him since his mm-hmm. rookie year. He yeah. it looks like he's dropped some weight, and he has a little bit of that wiggle that he had at Ohio State back. Mm. Yep. He's more agile than I've seen him in years. Yeah. Yes. He, he, looked, he looked very good. Best I've seen him in a week one of his career because mm-hmm. he's missed preseason every year of his career yeah. now. So uh, for him to come out and look good, honestly, Dak didn't look bad at all either. Like no. For yeah. the Cowboys passing game, having a little bit of a shaky game, not scoring a whole lot of points, he looked poised. Uh, he just got put in some bad situations because of the offensive line trouble that yeah, they had. Where they had to force plays, and then there was a couple mm-hmm. wide receiver drops and a couple well, good plays by the defense. Uh, Connor Williams is looks like crap. We have a brand-new center, and we had an undrafted free agent rookie starting at right tackle in place of one of the best right tackles in football. Yeah. So for him to come out and still look pretty, pretty good, in the, at least in the first half, uh, was pretty impressive. Um, I'm not really buying too much into this game with the lack of preseason. Mm. I think that some teams are going to take some acclimation, especially teams with new coaching staff, right. a lot of new talent. and So I'm going to chalk it up to that, but I do think that we are sleeping a little bit too much on the Rams. We'll see in the next mm-hmm. coming weeks, but I think that this that, team is going to be a force. The NFC West, I mean, that really does yeah. look like it might be the most competitive division out there. And yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Even though I'm, I'm down on San Francisco, mm-hmm. they might be last place. They could be a last sure. place team that's going to be 7-9, you know, 8-9. Eight eight. Right. Like sure. I think that's going to be a – Potentially the strongest division in the NFL mm. of the of the teams that we didn't pick this week. Who's a team that stood out to you as uh, being a team that impressed you that you maybe weren't expecting? 
Jacksonville. Jacksonville came out, and, and I'm not making this as a dig against your Super Bowl pick, Ty. There you go. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, maybe a little bit. Um, it is a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this no, is why you don't say dumb stuff when you're fucking drunk. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't make predictions when you're drunk. Uh, hey, we're just holding him to something that we know that he didn't want to pick. Like, and we <laughs> will. Like last week, I could tell he's like, I don't want to pick Colts in my Super Bowl team, but yeah, we and we him. will all <laughs> season long. Yeah. We're holding him to I it, at least on the podcast. Um, but no, Jacksonville looked, yeah, they looked superb. And I know it was home. Oh, uh, yeah, Jacksonville, yeah, Minshew. Just in case anyone wants to know what's going on right now, we are so football deprived that we are watching football <laughs> as we are we all watching recording. the Steelers Giants. Um, bad idea. And <laughs> there was just a uh, punt that was muffed. And it yep. looks like it's going to be... Looks like Giants recovered, yeah. Looks like Giants recovered, and it's going to be like on the three- or four-yard line, so it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, but going back to the... Like, Gardner Minshew actually showed up to play for that game. Um, the defense wasn't necessarily the greatest on both sides, but both teams made a lot of mistakes. Phillip Rivers looked like quintessential Phillip Rivers, where it's just like... Back-breaking interception. And You're, just wow. loses the score of the game when it comes to it. Uh, the biggest takeaway, I think, from this game for mine was the loss of Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the torn Achilles on a non-contact injury was pretty rough to them. Yeah. And that this first game, there was a lot more injuries to the Colts, and they're still trying to work past yeah. getting healthy. And unfortunately, you have to have the right cards fall your way when you're trying to get healthy, and you don't have – and then I tr- losing – I trust Frank Reich to, to right the ship, and they'll be a competitive team, mm. uh, especially with it being a running back. We were talking about before the podcast, Naheem Hines is a – is a good talent that they have, still young. And he can be great out of the – and he scored a touchdown out of a nice right. little, uh, you know, uh, but screen. with how Philip Rivers looked, if he continues to look shaky, shaky, do you think there is a chance that we see Jacob Eason as a rookie starting some games for the Colts? I would think no. I think they're going to have – I think that if, if they lose some ball games and it gets mm-hmm. to a point where they think that they're not going to be able to compete in the division, yes, absolutely. But I think given how much money that they spent on Philip Rivers – I think that coaching staff, Frank Reich's going to try to squeeze every little bit out of a can. And Frank yeah. Reich being the QB guru that he is, I think he's really, I think he's going to ride with Rivers right. for a while. I just think the old age. It would have to go to pretty wrong yeah. for Rivers yeah. to, they, yeah, it would probably be in a, in a situation where they're almost out of playoff contention yeah. to where they'd switch it. But, but with, it's something of note to yeah. look at with them and, honestly, the Chargers. Because uh, mm-hmm. Tyrod was kind of shaky in their game. That's right. another one. Uh, I wanted to mention because uh, obviously they drafted a quarterback in the first round, uh, mm. Justin Herbert. Um, obviously, Ty and I, I believe, well, Ty's a little bit higher on him than mm. I am. Yeah. I think that he needs a, probably a year. Um, I definitely but, think. I, shouldn't, I don't think he should have been a first-round pick, I, or at least not a top-ten pick. I agreed with that. Um, but another game, my pick as a team that impressed, in spite of looking really bad to start the game, and I know where you're going. Sorry, Ty. It's another knock on one of yeah, your is. teams. Absolutely. Is uh, the Bears? Uh, the Bears. Uh, Trubisky started eight for twenty, mm. passing, and actually came out and made some nice plays. But obviously, down. the drop by Swift is the biggest thing. It was that cost the end. game. Down it, but, and down the stretch. Trubisky right. looked right. money. Yeah, it, yeah. It was. Uh, it's really frustrating when you see the like the story kind of starting to unfold, and you're used to it as a mm-hmm. Lions fan. Uh, so when you're watching your team go up twenty three yeah. to six, and you're like. Yeah, and then you're like, "All right, they just scored a touchdown. Crap. Here, yep. yep. All right. Like, all right. Here, when is this going to turn around? Here, here it is again. And then sure enough, it happens. Um, I mean, kudos Jason to the. Garrett. I mean, kudos to the team to stay in and out and fight until the very, very end. 
But in the same fact, it was definitely pretty. It was it was it was a uh, it was rough to be a part of that. Uh, my team and my pick for that would be another team that was kind of down and out from the start and then fought back. And I would definitely go uh, Washington. Um, yes, Washington football team. Yeah. Um, down seventeen nothing uh, to the Eagles. My joke. Huh? Yeah. Will you tell them my joke? No, you got it. It's all yours. It's <laughs> you yours. go ahead yeah. first, and then I'll tell the joke. Uh, but, yeah, so I love this team <laughs> because Dwayne Haskins definitely controlled the pace of the game, and mm-hmm. they controlled the tempo with the running game, which is something they wanted to do. Yeah. And at that point in time, they had a question mark as who's going to be their main guy. Peyton Barber stepped in to fill that, you know, one-two sure. uh, position, you know, and then Antonio Gibson every now and then out of the back and all that stuff. <laughs> We'll see flashes from him uh, later on. I think he's um, definitely they, a back that they're going to work into a starting role. Right. I, I read he actually only had 33 carries as a running back in college. So right. getting used to being going, switching from more of a receiver to yeah. a running back is going to be an interesting transition for someone who hasn't played running back at least in the last five years probably. Absolutely. So, but uh, I, mean, I think – The other thing on, about that is uh, so uh, Slay – who I've been always really high on as a cornerback. Um, he does have these games where he completely removes the number one wide receiver from the other team, and he was really, really good on uh, McLaurin and mm-hmm. was able to kind of, like, shut that down and all that stuff. So you didn't really have a lot of stats from him, mm-hmm. uh, which was great. but Or, you know, great for Slay, bad for uh, my fantasy teams. But, <laughs> it, but when it comes down to it, like, yeah. this is what happens when you have that top corner, and I expect better things from Washington coming up. And the real deal in this entirety of the thing is if there's still low odds, which I highly doubt there is now, go out and put some money on Defensive Rookie of the Year to beat Chase Young. Oh, yeah. my goodness. the game-winning sack mm-hmm. fumble was his. Their yeah. defensive line in general it was just yeah. played Ridiculous. out of their minds, which yeah. mm-hmm. three first-round picks. Who could have seen that right. coming? Yeah. Right. Uh, and obviously the difference in a close game like that, Ron Rivera. Oh the yeah, head coach. Yes, I, I mean one of the most those, underrated those are games in, the league. in years past under uh, Gruden, Gruden that yeah. they would have lost. Yep, and the team would have packed it in early. And honestly, Haskins' stats weren't that impressive. Mm. Like he played decent, but he, he didn't have eye-popping stats in that no. game. But having a coach that can manage that and still come out and get a get a W against a team that was up 17 to nothing on you. And here comes my joke. Yeah. I texted Ty. I go, <laughs> uh, I had actually just woken up from a nap. And I go, what happened to the Eagles? They were up 17, uh, 17 to nothing. And the lead just went away. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. It ends it all. It ends away. Uh, but, and and I'm glad you bring that up because Carson Wentz looked awful. good to start. Awful, <laughs> good to start, and then and awful, especially in the second half. Yeah. Like for a guy running. who is supposed to, th- right, this is the time he needs to be taking over that franchise, yeah. taking you know, making ownership of that team, and mm-hmm. he is just man. I, and I do think that terrible. we go back to the question of like during the draft, we're like, oh my gosh, they drafted Hurts. There's a reason why, like, I have Carson Wentz in one of my big dynasty leagues, but there's a reason why I went ahead and backed him up with Hurts because I'm looking at it like how the Eagles should look at it, being like, we're not married to Carson Wentz because of every time he's let us down from injuries. And even though he was, you know, basically the MVP at one point in time, you know, we can't commit to this guy after him letting us down with injuries all the time. And then just the rate of play from, like, last year and all that stuff, he's going to have to change it. He has to turn it around. And, I mean, that's – that's why you invest in a you know well, and quarterback that's more this game. And that's that's I think that's why last mm-hmm. week when we were all talking about the NFC 
making our predictions, and none of us are really high on the Eagles, and they just went out and showed why. So, yeah, I was extremely down on Washington. I mean, I full well expected them to have a top five pick in the draft, and that defensive line is going to – that's going to keep them in a lot of games. That's going to keep them in a lot of games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Getting to this week's picks, uh, Thursday night game, we have Bengals and Browns, battle of former Heisman Trophy winners playing in Ohio now. Uh, I'm uh, going to go ahead and start out and say the Brown or the Bengals. Sorry, uh, I think Joe Burrow looks great, and they ha- they lost a heartbreaker. Yeah. Well, he looked like he was ready to be a franchise QB. Uh, and just that last drive. That la- I was going to say Browns the last drive. Awful. He was. Yeah, the Browns looked week. awful. And yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, looks- I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm going to go Browns. You're going to go Browns. I'm going to go Browns. Yeah. All right. Uh, I do hope that Baker does right the ship because I did believe in him uh, at least a little bit. But in the same fact, uh, when it comes when it comes down to it, watching uh, Joe Burrow lose his first heartbreaker like that and you're just like mm-hmm. oh man and even the other time when there, there should have been that into like the into the uh, aj green touchdown that you know him pushing him off a little mm-hmm. bit yeah. there was just so many different like game scripts where i was like this is gonna work and then the kicker pulling his calf in the kick to tie the game yeah and just like writhing in pain on Such the ground and that's oh, felt so bad for burrow yeah. so that whole bowling. sequence should have yeah. thrown the game winning touchdown pass garbage call right kicker misses the field goal, you lose your first game when you should have, at the minimum, been going to overtime. Exactly. Uh, and he looked, like we've said multiple times, looked phenomenal on that final drive. Mm. Looked like a franchise quarterback drive. Like, And even the, the, just, the call the quarterback run that they did with him. Yeah. And his vision of waiting for his blocker to get in front of him so that yeah. he could then bounce well, off of him and go. It's he's like, definitely got a oh. pass to do. He doesn't yeah. have the natural running ability like some of these other uh, modern yeah. quarterbacks that can just bowl ahead for right. some – so, but Burrow has some wiggle and always has. Honestly, his elusiveness reminds me a little bit of Tony Romo's in yeah. the pocket where he, he's deceptively athletic mm-hmm. in the pocket and can elude uh, the pass rush. Obviously, he got beat up in that game a little bit, but that's just bad O-line play in the NFL. It's not like college. Um, the Sunday night game, Patriots and Seahawks. Patriots actually looked very good with Cam. Not that, honestly, I wasn't expecting Cam to look good. I have him picked to be my comeback player of the year this year. Yeah. But uh, not eye-popping passing stats, but just worked within the offense. Yep. And they used his running ability smartly. Um, and they came out with a, a W. Goes to show just Seahawks. how Josh McDaniels is one of the best offensive coordinators out there. Absolutely. Man, like that's He brings another an element <clears throat> that Brady could never bring to that offense. Right. Um, more of a modern-style offense like we've been talking about. But uh, Seahawks also looked phenomenal. Mm. Let Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson. Unleashed him for the whole game. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks in that game. Um, I just – I think they're just the better team. I I think Cam will be fine, but the Seahawks are winning that game. I'm also going to go Seahawks because, honestly, the Falcons didn't look that bad yesterday. I think the Falcons played a pretty good ball game. No, they did. You just saw the Seahawks were just on another level. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I will, I'll be the one to send an opinion on this one. I will go ahead and say uh, Patriots. Okay. And for, for me, it's it's going to be a very, very close game. It's going to come down to the last mm-hmm. possession. Uh, that's the way I think both these coaches like to play. And so I think that it's, you're going to be looking at a last-minute field goal or you're going to be looking at 
you know, like an overtime game, mm-hmm. and you're going to be seeing you're going to be seeing them not necessarily run the ball as much, and they're going to let Cam throw. And so I think this could be when we set up that game script for Cam to be the comeback player of the year, and it be more. This will be a game that we look back on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see that. Honestly, I can see that game going either way. Right. I just trust the Seahawks at this point oh, in the I, season. And if I, it's later in the season, yeah. I think I, it's more of a toss up for me. But yeah, and obviously right now, we make the picks. Some games, sure. it's like, this is actually absolutely clear what's going to happen. But then sometimes we make these picks, yeah. and it's just like, man, this is this is a hard one no to, doubt. to pick between. Uh, Monday night football, we have uh, Saints and Raiders. Uh, like I said, Saints looked really good against the Buccaneers. Mm. Uh, Raiders came out and won a close game, right? Close game. Yes. Have won. They, yeah. Uh, because, yeah, let's see, you've got, you've got a fourth and one. You've got the best running back in the league, and you give it to your fullback. Yeah. Okay. Classic Gruden. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was <laughs> no, that one was, of those things where that was, watching That was Josh, rule. That was, that was the that was Panthers. Rule. That was oh, yeah. shoot. Yeah, the Panthers, because yeah. they, had, they had the fourth and one. Instead of giving it to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, gave it to their fullback. Yeah. It was, I mean, uh, I know Matt Rule's new to, the, new to the league, but. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, that's a ugh. bad, bad call. Um, so, it, I mean, when it comes down to it, I don't think the Raiders looked that good no, I didn't to either. play with up with the Saints, so I'm definitely going to go Saints as well. I yeah, I'm also going Saints because right. I think yeah, that was. I had a feeling that one was going to be across the board. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah the, the Saints. I mean, yeah, they they played pretty well, and the Raiders just. I'm not impressed by the Raiders, and I know yeah. they're they're. It's the debut of the Death Star, as Mark Davis is calling it, and oh. just. That yeah. stadium is ridiculous. The stadium is ridiculous, but he's already come out and said, <clears throat> and when he opened it up to the team, and he said, "Welcome to the Death Star, where mm-hmm. opponent, opposing teams' dreams come to die." And it's I just laughed, as, and I was like, "God, Mahomes so is going to break more dreams there than any Raiders right. teams will." It's <laughs> honestly, it's, honestly, I think it's the isn't the biggest stadium in, in the league. Or? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, a, it's it's impressive. It's well, a I very thought, impressive. No, I thought because I thought that I was watching a graphic last night. I could be completely wrong about this, but I thought I was watching a graphic last night where it said SoFi is the most expensive. It's five bill. Oh, expensive, sure, but oh it's yeah, the yeah. biggest stadium oh, in the gosh. world. Biggest, and, oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah, and I, that that's, who knows if they'll fill it? Who, and right. man, once, that's once they can. But. Some of the shots of, of SoFi too. God, that is a it's a beautiful place, stadium, man. Yeah. Yeah. Weird is, though, like yeah, not the exterior, but the interior minus the scoreboard is almost identical to the Cowboys Stadium. Oh, it was really? creepy for me because huh. they have the big window on each mm-hmm. side. Uh, honestly, the stands look almost identical. Like It was eerie how much it looks like <laughs> uh, AT&T Stadium. But it was actually absolutely a phenomenal stadium. They did a great job on that. Uh, next game, Chiefs-Chargers in the Sunday afternoon. Um, I didn't, wasn't impressed with anything I saw of the Chargers this week. Uh, Chiefs it's a tall order are gonna roll. I have to go Chiefs on this one as well. Yeah, I hate I hate trying to feel like we have to go like we're like gonna go three for three. You know, no, no, I get it. Oh, you think we're going three for three, huh? You think I'm gonna pick the Chiefs? Yeah, you are. Yeah, okay. Are I, you? Are you really gonna? We have like, a f- we have a few that are different. <laughs> yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shut uh, up, Duncan. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Ravens Texans. Uh, Ravens looked <clears throat> phenomenal. Actually, mm-hmm. led the league uh, <clears throat> on offensive and defensive. Uh, I forgot what the stat is called. But they were statistically the most efficient offense and defense yeah. in the league this past week. Um, I mean, yeah, defense did some work. They looked really crisp, really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and they completely put, you know, Baker off his game. And they completely yeah. shut down any, like, I mean, they made Nick Chubb, who is probably one of the better between the tackles running backs, that yeah. actually, like, as far as physicality-wise. Mm-hmm. They made him look like a little bitch. Like it I was mean, Hunt, yeah. Hunt looks like the best of the two running backs there. Oh, absolutely. And 
That's and Hunt's a crazy matchup for any you know linebacker or yeah, anything out. like that, especially when he comes out of the backfield as like a passing down. Just got an extension yeah. with the, mm-hmm. with the Browns years. actually. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going Ravens in that game. Uh, I just think the problems that the Texans have are going to be a problem all year. I don't. Mm. I don't see this being a game that. I think Watson probably keeps them in it a little bit, but. I think it's that, the same that thing Ravens that happens with the Chiefs game where yeah. it's like they come out and they're able to kind of control the tempo and control the pace, and then the other, the better team just gradually sure. just takes that next step mm. constantly. So sure. yeah, I'm going Ravens. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to go Ravens. I mean, and I thought, you know, J.K. Dobbins looked good, you mm-hmm. know, in his debut. Yeah. Two touchdowns. Marquise, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews had big games. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, that's, yeah, he the Ravens are. all the workload from Mark Ingram, 100%. Yeah, I mean, not all. Not they're they're going to spread around yeah. that running. They love to run the ball. But, yes, he is going to be the feature back, I think, by the end of the year, for sure. He's the yeah. most dynamic one. <clears throat> for so. sure. Yeah. Uh, and then Vikings versus Colts. Um, we've already talked about the Colts. Um, Vikings looked like early season <clears throat> Vikings. Um, yeah. Came out and lost to a very good Packers team. A uh, few of us had – all three of us had them winning the division this year in the Packers. The Packers. Packers. Yeah. And I um, have to – sorry, sorry, I have to point out, I've kind of – you know, I've definitely been touting Aaron Rodgers since the draft mm-hmm. that he's going to have a comeback year. Four I, touchdowns. I might have the Four touchdowns, 300-something, 360 mm-hmm. passing yards or something. Yeah. He came that out – he was – looked awful for the Vikings. It, it did. It did. But Aaron Rodgers looks like he's out to, pr- sure. he's out to send a message. Mm-hmm. Some of those balls that he threw, deep balls that were just like – with the window that he made it like forced it into. It. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm I'm done. I'm yeah. done. Is that what you all think? Good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then, which just could be playing into the 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 theory that you posed last week that he's gonna make it, the Raiders gonna make a play for him right. in the off season. I am Oof. going to Oof. go against my better judgment and go Colts in this one. Oh really? Yeah. I. Damn it. I, was I don't I was be like. The only Colts guy in this one. Oh really? Yeah. You're going Colts. I was gonna go Colts. No, nah, yeah, I, I, I don't like going Colts too. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no way. God damn. Um, so we only have two games yeah. different. So I think that uh. I think that uh, Jonathan Taylor looked pretty solid. I think that they're gonna turn the reins over to him. I'm not. I'm really. I actually really am impressed with Naeem Hines as well. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say I am impressed with Naeem Hines, and then I said not and Naeem, and I don't know how. Naeem. Naeem. That was a guy I said. Yeah, um, we said the draft. Yeah. That's, that's a guy. Yeah, he's got to put up numbers. Got to give him a look. And I think Paris Campbell looked pretty good. I think that uh, I, I think that, that they have a lot of weapons that they can actually continue to punch holes in this Vikings defense. So I think it's going to be an, I think Vikings are going to be a team that might be go down 0 2, but it's not going to be for lack of trying on their offense. I think it's just going to be mm-hmm. that they need to Well, they, yeah. I think it's they're just going to be and smoked so many holes. Rivers, I, I don't see Rivers having two crappy games back to back like that. Rivers right. is yeah, he's not what he used yeah. to be. But he's still he's a he's one of the most self motivated easily self motivated players right. in the league, and sure. I think he'll get with with how the Vikings beat defense performed. Yeah, I think Rivers has a bounce back game. Sure. All right. So the only game that we have different are the Thursday and Sunday night game. So right. it should be an interesting week of yeah. this should come down to the wire. Yeah. Um, moving on to college football uh, headline that it, we are going to talk about just because. We know it's soon. We don't know when, but the Big Ten is going to be voting in the next few days on potentially tonight on uh, return to play. The rumor is that uh, all 14 teams, the, the general consensus is among reporters is that all 14 teams are probably going to agree to 
uh, come back to play on October 17th. They just got done doing some presentations with people in the infectious disease world and uh, stuff to do with uh, rapid testing mm-hmm. to make sure that it is safe to ter- return to play, but that's been going on over the last few days, and the general consensus, like I said, is that they should agree on returning to play, so the, that would be huge leaks, for college football. The leaks that we have are uh, Purdue, right? Purdue uh, hotel, team hotels have already been starting to get Yeah, that was one up. of them. That, so that was, like or no, it's Penn State. Penn State, Penn State, yeah, Penn State. Uh, the team hotel that uh, they, they go to the night before every game uh, has started charging for the weekends of games. Their rates have gone up to game day rates. Uh, so there's thoughts that they've already been indicated to by Penn State officials that, hey, we're going to return to play. We yeah. want to prepare you for it. <clears throat> but that's not even, like, the biggest thing. There's just a lot of reporters out there that are saying it's going to happen. The thought originally was there was going to be a few teams that opted out of playing, so it would be a smaller Big Ten conference for a year or two years, whatever it is. And But uh, sounds like we could get return to play and – qualify for the playoffs um, um, here soon. That was actually the question I'm going to make, is how many how many games are they going to be able to fit in? If they, October they, their original schedule they released had 10 games. Okay, okay. And if they do that with no bye weeks... I was going to say, you have to have no bye weeks at that point. Yeah, <laughs> you will, Well, I think it would go into late December to where like the Big Ten would still be playing when... That's, like, that'd be the only weeks, way to do it. The, a couple weeks after the other conference title games, mm-hmm. and they'd probably base the conference champion off of whoever has the best record after that. Mm. Since I, I was, that's okay. That's fair because that, that's the only way you could do that. That was the line drawn. I don't, I don't know how it breaks down as far as what they want to do, but they said as long <laughs> as they started at October 17th, they could get a full season in, okay. qualify for playoffs, qualify for Heisman Trophy, all the, all the awards and all that for all the players because the biggest thing is would you want to return to play if you're not playing for literally anything at all? No, and, no. and that's and, and I'm glad I'm glad that they're trying to do that because it'd be ridiculous to see, you know, if it was like a six or seven game mm-hmm. schedule and it's like, well, they're qualifying for the playoff and right. you know, they're going against teams that play ten, eleven sure. games and that that'd just be absurd. And, yeah. and like oh, so you went undefeated in six, seven games. Cool. Right. Congratulations. Uh, speaking of the teams that uh, have already returned to play this past week. Uh, Big 12 and ACC return to play. Some struggles among the lower mid-level Big 12 teams against some uh, lower-level opponents. Lower uh, level. Okay, okay. I mean, that, they were. That's true. It's yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you have true. losses to Coastal Carolina, Arkansas State. Hey, Arkansas State's a decent program. Hey, Louisiana got ranked this week I'm because they beat Iowa State. How many teams can say they got ranked mm-hmm. because they beat Iowa State? Not a lot, yeah. but Iowa State fell out of the rankings. Louisiana's up to 19th, actually higher than what Iowa State was ranked. When they, when well, and I mean, Arkansas State <laughs> looked like garbage in week one. They got blown out by Memphis, but you clearly saw when watching them beat K-State and just basically wear down K-State, yeah. uh, you could see that the advantage they had of having already played a game. No and you just, K-State having lost a week or so of practice because right. of some positive COVID tests, uh, it showed because yep. that was a team that, Clearly has not gotten enough work put in in practice, and the offensive line play was absolutely horrible. I mean, they are breaking in four new starters on their offensive line, too. That's always rough. And K-State was only bringing back nine starters from last year to begin with. Right. And it was just a lot of, a lot of mistakes, a lot of kind of boneheaded mistakes on Arkansas no, State's no part, too. I saw a lot that I liked out of K-State in that first half. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, when they got up 20, 21 to 7, 
Uh, that was right about the time I took my nap on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I probably kind of wish I would have at that point. If you guys point. want pictures of the nap, you can see I my reported Snapchat. It. Actually, you can't because I reported Ty on Snapchat. Awesome. <laughs> um, I literally, the, the thing I reported him for was the person in this picture is not me. And then the message I put, that ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they took it down, but it, we, we thought it was pretty funny because he got a couple of us with that. Yeah. But but it, it, it was a disappointing game right. on K-State's part. I mean, you, you hate to lose an opener like that. But there was definitely some positives I, you said in the first yeah. half. And I like your guys' receivers a lot. Uh, Malik Knowles has he's he's got talent Stuck. to go second third round in the draft. Yeah. He had like and he a had a, he had a Beckham type, type yeah. catch. Yeah. yeah, he like when he caught that that falling back catch, I was like, not more like Beckham. He looked like Ceedee Lamb to me. Well, and like, I he has the same <laughs> type of dreads, like, yeah, you know, same st- body style as like. I know. I was texting. I was texting one of my old roommates from K State during the game, and I was about I was making my lunch, and so I was like two minutes back, and mm-hmm. he sent me a text, and he's like. Oh, top ten ESPN and on Sports Center tonight. And I was like, wait, 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 what are you talking about? No, 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 don't tell me. Hold on, I'm like two, three minutes back of you. Oh, and then to, when I finally saw the play, I'm pretty sure everybody in my apartment complex just heard me just go, oh, like yeah. one of it was that was a spectacular catch. Also, like the tight end you guys got the grad transfer from the, Northern Ireland. Yeah, who yeah. he was buddies with our, yeah. our quarterback Skyward Thompson from. It is weird. From kids, seeing, weird seeing the number zero out yeah. there now. It is. Like it we, is super weird. <laughs> yeah. But, the, but one, cool. the guy that stood out the most to me was their freshman running back, Deuce Vaughn. Yes. Awesome name, by yeah. the way. 5'5", 168 pounds. But that guy was show, like insane speed and burst. Absolutely. Like That guy is going to be a difference. Yeah, exactly. They were comparing him to Sproles. <laughs> yeah. And he could be a difference maker. He could be a star in the making. Absolutely. So I'm very excited about that. And, of course, KU lost to Coastal Carolina. In what was supposed to be their revenge run. game, because <laughs> yeah, they the, lost last year. Last year, the greatest <laughs> greatest victory in school history for Coastal Carolina Time upset two. KU Time and two. went in and beat up the the Jayhawk uh, pinata in their locker room. Yeah, and so this was thing. this was the revenge game for KU. And then they were down twenty eight nothing at the half. That says a lot about the history of Coastal Carolina football. That the biggest upset in school history is them beating a KU team I mean, that won four and, games. And their yeah. program hasn't even been around for <laughs> no. twenty years. I mean, no. it's, a, it's a relatively new program. But, I was, I was yeah. telling some of the biggest, like the only highlight that I remember. It's not even like an on-field highlight. Just something I remember Coastal Carolina for always is their coach from like ten years ago had a huge soundbite where he mm-hmm. was like, "We have too many cats, not enough dogs." Yeah. And I, it was just, that's the only way that I remember Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers. But huge for them to beat Puka after he came out and said, the reason why they're on our schedule is we're going to beat them this year. And then not so much. Yeah. And I do want to make one final note, too, on the K-State game. And this is actually not about K-State, but Arkansas State has a receiver, uh, Jonathan Adams, who owned the Wildcats in this mm-hmm. game. He's like 6'3", 210 or something like that. That guy looks like he should be playing at Alabama. Like, he... He had three touchdowns, named, just manhandled. Name to watch the rest of our, the year. Yeah, I, th- that's he's a name to watch the rest of the year. He's a name to watch and when we're doing our draft, draft analysis here in the spring. I For mean, sure. This is a guy who, coming out of Arkansas State, he looks like a first-round pick. He looks like a bona fide Sunday receiver. Yeah, yeah. But this guy, I don't know how he's yeah, at Arkansas yeah. State. But a lot, of, a lot of recruiters missed out on this kid because sure. 
he 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 was a man among a bo- among boys. Always fun to game. find players like that that you kind of pay attention to the rest of the year. It oh, was yeah, one of my like favorite things about early. It wasn't that much fun football. for me, right. but yeah. So, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it when it's when it's against your team. It's oh, never fun. cool! But finding those players, then being like, all right, I kind of want to follow that guy the yeah. rest of the year. That's yeah. that's something that I love about college football oh, I love and watching the early games. Especially and, like when you start the combine process and all that stuff, yeah. you guys will see when we're talking when we're yep. like breaking down into recruits. You will see us talk about tape, and you'll and you know we'll maybe we'll throw you guys a couple clips and all that stuff. But uh, what you'll see is you'll see us have these really good insights on these key players that we fell in love with because they're some small mm-hmm. school, right? But well, you need to watch with of doing. note the reason why how why I knew about Eric Fisher when he was coming out went number one, yeah, uh, was because they his. Uh, what, Western Michigan or Central Michigan? I Central heard, Michigan. Central Chippewa. Michigan. He was a Chippewa. Iowa that year. Uh-huh. And he was key in that. <clears> he We had a, a stud defensive end. Well, it was Drew Ott at the time, and he held him in check the entire game. Mm. And it was the biggest – the thing they highlighted the most on ESPN was his game against Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> speaking of which, uh, getting to Heisman Trophy contenders, obviously with Big Ten turn to play, that obviously vaults Justin Fields back into – the picture, if they can agree on it. Right. But, uh, so Justin uh, Fields is the leader Heisman candidate currently. Um, the only reason why he took a step back um, was because it looked like the Big Ten wasn't going to be playing football, mm-hmm. uh, which was super hard uh, to, to have like one of your top recruits go out because he probably would have, at that point in time, declared for the combine and just gone right. out. Yeah. Um, but that brought up names back to the thing. like That brought Trevor Lawrence back up to the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, uh, we have uh, Spencer Rattler. Uh, Derek King, uh, Derek King from Miami, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Ellinger from Texas, Sam Howell from UNC. Um, he looked good. L- yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit down the thing, kind of getting away of like is like uh, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Trevor Hubbard, uh, Travis. Uh, is it Etienne or is it Etienne? Etienne. 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 Okay, so it's Etienne. I've always pronounced it Etienne for some reason. I because they're stupid. Because I'm dumb. <laughs> um, and then Ian, Justin Herbert. Yeah, Herbert. Hey Bear. Hey Bear. But Ian Brook rounds it out, uh, quarterback from uh, Notre Dame. Book. Book. Sorry, book. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically, those, that's kind of like your leading candidates for uh, Heisman as far as Vegas is concerned. A lot of this is going to change now since hopefully that vote is going to be passed mm-hmm. and you'll right. have Justin Fields back for the top. But from there, it really was kind of all these, uh, we'll see what happens to who comes out where. You know, it's, it's never the guy who they think it is going to be. And no. I, I do think someone on the lower – uh, like honestly, I have the, Kellen Mond from Texas A and M to watch. He's, Ooh, he's a guy that okay. seemed like he's been in college for a million years. Yeah, he does, yeah. and he's always been on the cusp of greatness. I agree. Right. Like I think he'll be higher up there. And that's uh, I'm that's high on that kid. Kind of how Texas A and M is in general, yeah. always on the they'll, cusp of greatness. Well, they'll they'll start the season five and zero, oh, and then they'll drop six mm. out of the last seven games or five of the last mm. seven, something like that. But. Uh, Honestly, a player that I'm going to watch a lot this year because I liked him at Houston was Derek King. Yeah. Uh, I think that he could be the first cog that really gets Miami going under Manny Diaz. I hope so because I think we talked about last week before the show when Miami is good. Football's one of those better. One of those teams that, like, yeah, football, college football is better when Miami is competitive. Mm. And I thought it was going to be Ja'Cory Harris. I thought it was going to be uh, – Neil Cozy or all these guys over the years that looked impressive in individual yeah. games, but Derek King, that's wide receiver speed at quarterback. Right. Like he started out at wide receiver, he's insane, like a Kyler Murray type. Right. Uh, 
that's a guy I'm watching. Also love Howell. Um, I'm really wanting someone to push Clemson in the ACC. They haven't really gotten that in the right. last few years. And even potentially Notre Dame and Ian Book. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't I think, think it'll be one of the, the top only, three. I think that's kind of the only reason why Ian Book is actually on the list. Yeah. It's because they're waiting for a team to push Clemson, and they think that it's going to be <clears throat> Miami or uh, Notre Dame in this one. But Brian we'll Kelly, highest winning percentage in ACC history. Yeah. But just in, he's won 100% of his games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, but that's that's another school where when they're good, sure. uh, you know, the, just the game is better in right. general. But Notre Dame just never seems to be able to put it together when it matters. Yeah. So, and even then, like the last time that they were good, no one trusted it. Any no. any intelligent college football fan that, that was not team. a Notre Dame fan didn't trust that that Notre Dame no. team was going to win the national title. They who, they, they were number one, but whoever they played was going to smoke. I mean, that was right. a year when K State was. That, that close, close and yeah. you know got smoked by Baylor when they were number one in the country. We were talking. It shouldn't have. It should have been Oregon versus. It should have been Oregon, Oregon Bama, Bama, and it ended up being Notre Dame Bama. Yeah. Well, didn't and we say Oregon K State? Well, Bama even lost a game that year. I want well because if K State hadn't lost to Baylor, it would have been K State Notre Dame. Yeah, because uh, they were the two that were undefeated. Because both Oregon and and Alabama had lost mm-hmm. uh, games earlier in the season, and I just remember that year like. With Colin Klein, a quarterback, and, and Arthur Brown in that defense, that K-State team would have run all over. unreal. All Colin, over that Notre Colin Dame Klein, team. underrated, like only good in college quarterback. Apparently, K-State's just not destined to win the national title. So It, it happens. Moving on. So those are some of your Heisman candidates. Obviously, mm-hmm. quarterbacks always usually end up leading the pack because if you're the leader on your actual team and in your clubhouse, yeah. that, uh, it, it, it's usually what's seen more. Uh, Usually about mid-season it was when running backs really start kind of breaking it in there. Uh, very rarely, obviously, defensive players and all that stuff. You have to right. be special week in, mm. week out, and probably have a pick six. If you're trying to I was going to say, I'm sure we'll yeah. see another Ohio I State mean, defensive end tear it up this year once they get started because right. that's just yeah. what they've been doing lately. So. I mean, there's – and with that, like, with the Big Ten return to play, there are some underrated players that could vault themselves into that com- conversation. Tommy Stevens out of Penn State – I think will be a force this year. Uh, um, kid that will, in my opinion, have a big coming out party uh, for Wisconsin is actually a local kid out of uh, uh-huh. Blue Valley North, uh-huh. I want to say. Uh, name is escaping me right oh. now, but he's a stud, stud athlete. Uh, actually, most touchdowns in a half of the yeah. U.S. Army All-American game last oh, wow. year. Yeah, or yeah. two years ago now. Yeah, because Wisconsin's um, been recruiting out of this area. They have their backup quarterback in the area, too. Not to toot his, to his horn, but... Uh, Spencer Petrus out of Iowa, uh, out of the same school that Jared Goff came out of, broke all of Goff's records, and Nate Stanley said that he could make throws that he can't make. So a lot of talent in the Big Ten as far as quarterback goes, and I've heard – I can't remember his name also, but uh, Michigan has a prospect, not the McCaffrey kid, um, that – has been impressing people a lot. I Even Nebraska is returning a, a yeah. veteran quarterback at this yeah. point. I'm That's, done talking about Nebraska until they actually do something. I just I feel like at some point Scott Frost <laughs> sure. makes that turn. I hope I, so. I like Scott Frost a lot. I, yeah, I, mean, I'm I hate Nebraska, miss him. but Frost is a he's a good coach. We'll see. Oh, at least he was <laughs> a Central. Yeah, at least he was a Central Florida. So I suppose. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see about that. I I think it's I th- I think lack of fit is what's costing Nebraska in the Big Ten. I do think that some of these Nebraska teams that were just below competing for Big Ten titles would have com- yeah. been competing for Big 12 titles. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I, th- I think that Nebraska is also one of those teams when they're better, 
that the that football absolutely. System, right? <clears throat> but um, I think that especially like when we're talking about or when we're talking about schools, and then now like when we're also talking about like Heisman candidates slash players, uh, what you'll see from us in the future is us highlighting like three to four players every so often. Sure. Um, if not like after the season when mm-hmm. there's like kind of a, might be a little bit of a lull spot because all those sports will be ending before their new seasons start back up or even when their new seasons are first starting up and all that stuff, we will have a law where we'll be able to discuss sure. a lot of the, the, uh, the things, what we've, what we've tied ourselves on, which is obviously being able to spot the, the, toppers, mm-hmm. the top you know, of the class and, and go through each of the rookie prospects and go sure. from there. Yeah, and also note, I just want to say Spencer Rattler in his debut with Oklahoma looked fantastic. Yes. Great but, game, too. Great yeah. game for like a, a college stud. <clears throat> Yeah, I uh, came out and I think he had, he finished with more touchdowns than incompletions and a huge route. So yeah, that's a good to watch because look what Oklahoma has done with quarterbacks the last right. five years, <laughs> um, six years, whatever. Three Heisman finalists, three college football playoffs, well, three Heisman, three individuals. But Baker was also a Heisman finalist. Oh, that's that's right, that's right. <laughs> that he was the starter. So they've had five straight Heisman finalists. Two number one overall picks, a second uh, round pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they. They are the quarterback machine right now, and they have the number one quarterback coming in next year, too. So Rattler might not be there very long. No. If he has two back-to-back good seasons, he could be gone as a redshirt sophomore. Yeah. Um, but uh, college football, really looking forward to seeing some of these guys play. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Moving on to the NBA. Um, have the conference finals in the East set. Uh, fantastic game seven between the Celtics and mm-hmm. The uh, Raptors, Raptors. Uh, came all the way down to the wire. Marcus Smart made one of the best <sighs> defensive plays of his career, which is saying something. Uh, yeah, uh, blocking. Uh, shoot, that's why. That's uh, why you Powell pay Marcus at Smart. The rim. That's why yes. you pay Marcus Smart. Yeah, uh, they got him on a deal. The only, like, <laughs> there was only one television in this lake house that could connect to <laughs> yes. the actual like cable, and it it's was one in a room. So one of the bedrooms yeah. just off the kitchen. Yeah. So literally. <laughs> For the last like thirty minutes, or even longer than that, there was probably just Aaron standing in a doorway. Uh, the last thirty minutes of the game, I was in a chair in the room, but most of the game, I was in the doorway, just like, "I'm gonna die! I'm gonna die this game! I'm going to have a heart attack! Like this is way too close for comfort." So my hope was that they'd come out and just like smack them, but yeah, it's that's not how game sevens go. Well, and it's, usually, and it's, it's still the defending champs, seven. you know. So. Yes, and they played phenomenally against us. Should not have been in that position, but with the news coming out of that game of Hayward being able to be available mm-hmm. this next round now, that is key. Because if they would have already been in the conference finals, chances are Hayward wouldn't have been a factor at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they would have ended it in four, five games, they'd be two games in already. Mm. So Hayward is coming back. He's ruled out for game one, but uh, that's huge. The Heat versus Celtics um, – of note, Celtics are now the third youngest team to make the conference finals in Ooh. NBA history. Wow. Uh, the 2011 Thunder are the youngest team ever to make mm-hmm. the conference finals. The 2018 Celtics are the second youngest team. So the Jason Tatum Celtics are the second and third Tatum youngest Tatum Brown teams. Celtics, yeah. Yeah, to make the conference finals. Yeah, and then Brown went, has gone to three out of four. Tatum Brown, 2020. <clears throat> Unreal. Yeah, I have that T-shirt. <laughs> Really hoping that that comes to fruition, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, tonight we have another game seven, actually. Not something that we expected a after surprise. game. A surprise. Yeah, after game mm-hmm. one and three. And being down 19 points. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
Uh, right, so we got Clippers tomorrow, Nuggets. Right? That's, oh. I think it's tomorrow night. Really? They play every two days, and I thought they played. No, they played last. It was yesterday was, was game six. It was last night. Was it really? Oh, it was early in the day, wasn't it? It was yeah. during football. Sorry, so. my dude. My, it's, my days are all screwed up because of this past weekend. Ty. I don't know what you're Ty. <laughs> we did nothing life important at all. Yes. Got drunk. We got very drunk. Um, but yeah, so tomorrow night, then we uh, Clippers the Nuggets game seven. Party. It was fun. Uh, the real story in this game is the two-way game, two-man game of uh, Murray and Jokic has been unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting um, reigning sixth man of the year Montrez Harrell on the floor has been a disaster for the Clippers this series. Um, seems as though Zubox is the better. Uh, big to guard Jokic, but it, I mean it's Jokic. It doesn't matter. You can mm. There's no big in the league that can. He's going to make his plays. But as far as providing a little bit of defense, it's definitely Zubox over Harold. Um, but another kind of storyline that's come out of this is the problems that Kawhi and Paul George have had had with uh, assignments defensively mm-hmm. instead of. Showing, you know, great defensive teams. If you watch the Celtics and the Heat, they just know where they're supposed to be. Yep. There's Yes, there's still communication, but they're not yelling at each other like, hey, you're supposed to be there. And there's a lot of that with the Clippers right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And they are a great defensive team when they need to be. But this team has been giving them troubles. Like, it's, and that's yeah. kind of mind-blowing considering not just that, you know, you've got two great defenders in Kawhi Leonard and, mm-hmm. and uh, Paul George, but – Doc Rivers is the coach. Like yeah. the guy who Great he's he's coach. had he's had phenomenal defensive teams. You look back every at Boston, like and this uh, is every step of the way with really, uh the Clippers too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they but you watch them like this is something with Kawhi that like hasn't really been covered. Do you think there's any teammate that you can point to in his career that said would say like yeah I loved playing with Kawhi, like we're really close friends. Danny Green won no. two titles with him across two teams, and I don't think that they're close at all. Well, and you, you look, look at his, you like, look at last year; it was it was surprising that he was going out and partying with his teammates with, with his yeah. Raptors teammates after they won. Like that was like a headline yeah, that was right. in sports. Yeah, because that's just not who he is. I honestly think Kyle Lowry might be the only guy that he's really really liked. And a, if you don't like teammate. Kyle Lowry, you're probably just a lousy person, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or like yeah. Um, but I expect the Clippers to pull that off. Uh, obviously, that's my finals. That's my championship pick. But it, mm-hmm. a little wavering on that, just because like the body language <sighs> of them playing defense with each other, it's gonna matter, especially against the Lakers. Like if they don't get it together, the Lakers will just run all over them. Yeah. And I I like the Clippers <sighs> in that. Still in that series, but we'll we'll see. The Lakers did the whole gentleman sweep of Houston. True. Another storyline. Yeah, uh, what a disaster that that Houston chorus right now. Because uh, Westbrook looks like, in my opinion, he's about to have the late late career arc of possibly Iverson. Yep, where he wowed so much in his prime that people kind of ignore the faults in his game. And once his athleticism goes away, what is he? He's a guy who can't shoot. Mm-hmm. Who? Doesn't help you on anywhere yeah. on the floor. His that, defense in that series was that, awful. That explosiveness is rapidly diminishing. Mm-hmm. He's not even trying at some points now. Yeah. Like there was multiple highlights where I saw where he was re- jogging right with a uh, Laker 
player going down the court and didn't even make an attempt to try to block him at the rim or D and up on him at all. You're doing that in the playoffs, man. And it's, like, and it's in games that, like, closeout games. Like, yeah. you can't, yeah. can't be like that. But a uh, huge headline out of the NBA to wrap up with is uh, potentially rumors that Giannis requested a trade. What? Yeah. I haven't seen that. Uh, apparently, today, he had a three-hour meeting with the owner. Yeah, and so they expanded um, the luxury, to expand luxury, right? They explained how they were going to – because if you – okay, explaining how they're going to turn that team into a winner, it, it better have been a three-hour meeting because they're locked into some contracts that aren't going to be very tradable. Yep. Tell yeah. me where, the, where they can make that team better. <laughs> Who's, who can they trade for? <sighs> I got nothing. Get to Milwaukee – to get uh, some of the guys out of there that they have on big contracts. Like, you think about the Like, Chris Middleton is their second-best player, and it's a wide margin. We've said that's one of the biggest (laughs) drop-offs from first to second-best player of the contenders. And that's one of the worst contracts. In in three years, he's owed $40 million. It's like one of the worst contracts on that team. $40 million. just got really distracted because T.J. Watt just made an insane interception. Just jumped right into the passing lane of uh, – and just intercepted Daniel Daniel Jones. Jones. And it was – a phenomenal play, but yes, going back, Chris Middleton, their <laughs> like the, uh, how much we're not invested, football fans yeah, at all. How much <laughs> they invested into this kid is ridiculous, well, considering the fact that he's the core of Middleton, uh, Bledsoe, and uh, Lopez. Like those are your three, right. second, third, and fourth best players on a contender. Yeah, get Bledsoe like, and Lopez luck. maybe three or four years ago right. would have been that would have been. Oh, Something after, substantial. You have to yeah. remember after well, next, for the Nets. after next season, you said that to the Nets. It's the Nets. You think the Nets are going to bring Lopez back? No, I said no. I said oh. if he was Lopez from the Nets. Oh well, no. He's actually, in my opinion, the last few years of Lopez have actually been probably the best version of him because he's become a defender. Oh. But that's still a disaster mm-hmm. because his offensive game has fallen off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not the Brook Lopez offensively that he was with the Nets. He is a better defender. He's more like his brother now. Right, and his brother's on that team too. Uh, <laughs> but how do you make that team better? And obviously, like, I hope – here's the thing. I, I hope that Giannis stays with Milwaukee. It's a great, great story for the league. Like, it's – you want those small market teams to keep their stars, but this is the reason why they don't. Right. Because they don't spend their money correctly. When they do go big on stuff, they usually are overspending for a guy that's not worth it. You've seen the Thunder have this issue every step of the way of their career or of their uh, franchise as well. Um, Losing the big-name people uh, because they just can't keep them in. Yeah. The rumor is that he wants to be in either uh, Toronto, Golden State, or Miami, Um, which, duh, all, all three of those situations. He's going in with stars that are Oh, my God. Him and Golden State. Yeah. Well, oh, honestly, I God. think well, and I think well, well and Golden State has what the second insane. overall. Miami Golden State has what the now. second overall pick. Yeah, I mean they might. There's your trade pack right might, there. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, and another one was actually the Clippers because he and Kawhi actually are close. Yeah. Um, oh, Kawhi is close with someone else. Right, but it's not his teammate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Kawhi and Giannis would be insane. You can trade Paul George in that situation mm-hmm. if you don't think that that core. Um, all all situations have have uh, tradable assets to where you look at it and look at what stars have been traded for the last few years, and they can do it. Man. Um, Miami, I think, is the trickiest, but still, there's stuff there. Like, if you – obviously, huge upgrade over Bam Adebayo. You put him in on the trade, mm. some first-round picks, maybe throw but, in one of Robinson or Hero, 
and you can probably make it happen. Well, and you like one of the problems that Milwaukee's had too is you know they don't have the shooters, and sure. that's why you know you put him on Golden State. Just, yeah. Oh my God. If, I mean, if Middleton isn't on, then they're screwed usually. Yeah. Like, but, like you put him on a team that already has the shooters and Clay Thompson mm-hmm. and and Steph Curry, like yeah. him and Draymond Green defending. Yeah. I. Uh, I think that they would trade Draymond in that situation too. I think you throw in one star and some picks. Fair, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's that's probably true. But yeah, but either way, him, 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 Thompson and Curry, that right. would far and away be the best trio. And then I think that would be the best trio, maybe the, that the game's ever in the seen. West, yeah, for sure. In the West, the West is is loaded right now. But it would, is. But you talk about in big threes, best point guard of this generation, best. You'd have two shoot, two shooter. MVPs. Yeah, and the best and the, and one of the best shooters. Yeah. Generation. Yeah. Yeah, like I um, think that might surpass with, any big three with a top seen. three coach. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's man. honestly. Oh my! <laughs> all all of them are coach or oh, are sugar either right on par or better coaches than Budenholzer. Obviously, Budenholzer, we're high on him as far as like what he can do in the regular season. He hasn't shown in the playoffs that he can win it. Yeah. Like, but you get him with you get Giannis with Spolstra with Kerr with Rivers Doc. He'll improve even more defensively with Doc, that's for sure. But that that could be the story of the year because next offseason, not this coming, but next offseason, he is a free agent. And the big trend with the small market teams is if they don't think they can sign him at the trade deadline before they're a free agent, they're gone. I saw it with Anthony Davis, a bunch of other players. Um, Yeah, that's a lot to look forward to. That's that's heavy. I believe the – NHL's on the end of the conference Touchdown, Juju. Right uh, yeah, uh, so don't, I honestly don't really have a lot of NHL to talk about right now just because we were just gone for the weekend and think, literally yeah. just trying to get back into life. Lightning, or, lightning are starting to run away with yeah, that series. And, with series. Knights yeah. are still the most dominant team in hockey. Um, but Isn't Dallas only one game away from going to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals? I thought I saw that. I, I don't know. Like, I honestly, only, I, 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 only was I will watching. be honest that I was literally off for this weekend. Yeah. I, didn't no, I was play. watching. I was watching. I, I, I just been reading just, because I follow a lot of Dallas reporters. I I remember hmm. after the Cowboys game, one of them was like, "Hey, at least we're one game away oh, from the, the Stanley points. Cup Finals potentially." He missed the extra I points. Don't know what that series oh. is at, but yeah, uh, my um, plan was honestly to, to get back onto the whole like, <laughs> actual like where we are at in sports, like for tonight, sure. um, all this stuff. I was looking a lot into. Uh, just prospects for the NFL. Um, and then also, for like, sure. there were some baseball news that I just wanted to touch on. Yeah. Uh, Alec Mills threw a no-hitter uh-huh. yesterday. Nice. Um, it was fantastic. Um, and then I think one of the best pitching performances I've ever seen from the start was also at the same time for Kansas City during the Chiefs game. Singer. Oh, yes. yes. Brady Singer threw a no-hitter through eight innings, and it was so dominant. I, ended up th- I think he ended up throwing the complete game. The, the, full, the whole game. I, I think he uh, – I don't remember. I think it was just short of it. But. They, might have, they might have pulled in the ninth. But when he was, it was it sucked because his pitch count was so high when he was at like 108, and you're just like, dang, I don't know. But in the same fact, like he controlled the pace of play, and he's so young that it was like, wow, yep. you might be able to see this again in the future. And he uh, he wasn't just the only role to have a great pitching performance because right. yesterday, uh, Brad Keller went out yeah. and threw a nine inning five uh, five hit shutout, complete yeah. game shutout. And the Royals won eleven nothing. Yes, Royals won six in a row. Right. Like, I don't and think I don't think we're going to the playoffs or anything like that. No, but but you're starting to see the talent shine through, and the Royals are making some noise. And I couldn't be more thrilled about that. Yeah. 
Not that I was watching that game because, again, it was the first NFL Sunday, and I, I was literally at a friend's house, and we had four games on at the same time. So mm-hmm. it was just... I, it, it was just a bonanza of football. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of, especially like yesterday, like trying to catch up and see all, no all the different sports. It was like, because yeah. we were gone and we, I, we were off the grid for a little bit. And that it was just like, we had one game to watch and it was the only television we could watch. So we were watching game seven. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was just like, I didn't have my phone on me. So for a lot of it, like Sunday, it was like a crash course in the actual car. Like, what oh, yeah, like, look sure. At we do. And I I loved the Brady Brady uh, singer, singer no uh, hitter that for a little bit, but the second that I saw that Alec Mills was pitching mm-hmm. a no hitter, it was like I had sports on one, and then I literally had the baseball was, game and, and was watching. Yeah, he he, it, he did some work performance for the Cubs, and <laughs> that was it was just it was sports yesterday because you know I say we had we had you know four TVs and we're watching nothing but football, but that was you had game six going on in mm-hmm. the uh, of the the Clippers Nuggets game. You had game. Four Four, I believe, yeah, game four of the uh, Lightning mm. uh, uh, Islander series, and you had the the, the Royals coming out, and arguably the best game they've had all season, mm. and it it and then football, like it was just, it was a good day yesterday. <laughs> Great day yesterday. Miami versus Louisville. That's a game that could on be Saturday. We got something. That's one yes. Of, that's something I want to watch. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> we will get more into breaking down big college football matchups once we get to them. Obviously, first couple weeks. Uh, for especially the Big 12 because there's so few teams yeah. compared to other conferences. There was a lot of mismatches that we thought. K-State <laughs> plays Oklahoma in two weeks. Oh, boy. But, yeah, I'm really excited to get into college football because that's kind of – college football into the NFL is kind of our bread and butter. If uh, you all, all know and <laughs> followed us at all from the first podcast was kind of that, f- what, four and a half what? hours of – following the draft um mm-hmm. that's kind of something that we all three love to delve into and we're going to even more um if you want. that was a nice touchdown yeah. there that just before this getting back to this, the game real quick roethlisberger uh, just dropped a dime to juju smith schuster but they missed the extra point you had hey. a doinker so 10-9 giants yeah god uh yeah, and we would also like to announce uh, yes. going forward, you can find our podcasts on Kansas uh, City Podcast Network. If you go on Facebook and search Kansas City Podcast Network, uh, Gracie Terrell uh, posts Gat. the Gat. Uh, vote for her for best personality, isn't it? Yes, in, Kansas in, City? in the pitch. And in the pitch. Uh, but we are joining her network. Or Katie uh, we are officially, <laughs> yeah. Or Katie Cameron. We, we are, or yeah, Katie, we are or friend of the show, Katie Cameron. We are uh, officially going to be, yeah, one of one of her podcasts. Yeah. And so uh, I believe on Wednesdays is when. I believe is when this. we will be posting on Wednesdays. Yeah, uh, and she's she's been somebody we've been working with mm-hmm. for a long time. She was helping us uh, produce the uh, the draft episode we did. Right. Yeah. Uh, she had us come out, and she. Text me that morning, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, on uh, Thursday morning and asked us to make predictions. And she had everybody, all of her podcasters, uh, or somebody at least representing each show, make their predictions for the Chiefs game that night. And uh, yeah, she had us do it. Duncan and I nailed it. Uh, yeah, uh, I was, I was, mine, <laughs> mine was in play at the yours end. Yours was, so dude, and I, I thought yours might it. happen. And so I'm yeah. on a. I'm on a two-game streak, by the way. I predicted the Super Bowl right. No, yeah. I mean, I can't prove with, that. We had it's, it's, it is kind of crazy, though, with, like, what, four minutes left, all of our all of ours predictions were, were still in play. I was I, like, 
This I predict is insane. 34-21. <laughs> that was one point off. The original, yeah. the original prediction. They had to go for two, didn't they? Was thirty was thirty four twenty, and I was like, wait, no, change it. I'm going to drop it underneath the over. I'm yeah. Like thirty one twenty. Or 31 20, and then it was like 31 20. And then when they scored again, it was like, <gasps> and it was like, that's one off from Duncan's. Yeah. And like, we knew they couldn't get one point, but yeah. we're like, oh, and then like, I'm counting yeah. as a win. Yeah, it's a win. Yeah, it's a win. But, but no, we yeah. very Honestly, excited to be working yes, with her. Absolutely. I, you'll potentially see some more live shows, which would be incredible to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to do more on like off site stuff yep. at different plate, like different breweries, breweries. bars. Yeah. Uh, and, and Gracie so should be coming you, on some stuff. If you are a bar or brewery owner that would like to host us, uh, shoot us an email at tailgatepodcast at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you and try to work something out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. th- thank you for listening, guys. Uh, we'll have more for you next week, more NFL, more college football. Yeah. We'll have conference finals in the oh, NBA. I just got goosebumps. I'm just so excited. In the NHL. I'm just so happy. Uh, getting <laughs> even closer to the postseason for baseball. There's a lot the next few weeks, so tune in. More of the draft coverage for my Lions. Yeah. We're be losing the game. <laughs> More Lions coverage, guys. When is the other shoe drop? Damn it. <laughs> but thanks for listening. Send any questions our way. Thank you. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 911, what's your emergency? Senora, me está diciendo que un tren le pego a una camioneta? No puedes saber a qué velocidad viene un tren. Por eso están los señalamientos de advertencia. Obedécelos. Alto. El tren no para. Mensaje de Netza.